Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Matthew 26, verses 1 through 13. This is after chapters 24 and 25, where Jesus takes some time during Holy Week between his triumphal entry and his arrest, crucifixion, and resurrection to explain to the disciples some things about the end times, the coming of the Son of Man, the Day of Judgment. And now we move on with the events of Holy Week that we're more familiar with. Chapter 26, verse 1. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Now this is a staggering prediction of his own death. Not just that he'll die, but how he will die by crucifixion. This is the fourth prediction of his death in the book of Matthew and it's going to happen right as the Passover is unfolding. Now this is remarkable because the Passover celebrates the Jews escape from slavery in Egypt under Moses' leadership, which is back in Exodus. Of course, Passover refers to the angel of death passing over the homes of the Jewish family during the carrying out of the 10th plague, that is the death of the firstborn sons in Egypt. But if the Jewish people would put the blood of a lamb sacrificed over their doorpost, the angel would pass over them. They would be spared because of their obedience to God's command. And this isn't just about the Jews escaping from slavery in Egypt, but this is a foreshadowing of what would happen to people who have faith in Christ, that they too would be passed over for their sin because they put their faith in Christ who shed the sacrificial blood necessary to satisfy God's wrath for our sin. God had this thing mapped out from way back then to coincide in a way that underscores the theme of escape from slavery. Escape from slavery in Egypt to the Hebrews back then. Escape from sin and death and hell through faith in Christ today. Verse 3. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest whose name was Caiaphas and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. So they want to do this under the radar, quietly, stealthily, because they know that all these people that are going to be coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, many of them are big fans of Jesus. And they don't want to cause an uproar among the people by doing this out in the open where there might be some backlash. In other words, these guys are a bunch of cowards and they're trying to do their dirty work in a way that is least likely to come back on them. Now we turn to verses 6 through 13. And in the book of John, this is played on Saturday before the triumphal entry. Matthew very likely puts this in the text where he puts it, not because it's what chronologically happened next, but for thematic reasons. And at least one of those thematic reasons, I believe, is to set up the very next section about Judas betraying Jesus, which we'll get to tomorrow. But let's cover 6 through 13. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. So Jesus spent a lot of time in Bethany. That's where his good friends Mary and Martha and Lazarus, who were two sisters and a brother, lived. In fact, the book of John identifies the woman who does this as Mary, which fits very much in line with her character and what we know about her from other texts. It says they were in the house of Simon the leper, and he's likely a leper who was healed by Jesus, because if he was a leper who wasn't healed, they wouldn't be in close proximity to him. Verse 8, And when the disciples saw this, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? 
Christ. For this could have been sold for a large sum of money and given to the poor. Sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Why do we want to waste a bunch of perfume that we could help other people with? Verse 10, But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. This is a remarkable statement that seems contrary to what many of us have been led to believe by many quote-unquote Christian ideas in our culture today about what Jesus would have prioritized. Jesus basically says you're never going to get rid of poverty. That's not his point, but that is an implication that should inform the priorities that we have. And that's not to say that we shouldn't help poor people. I think that's very near to the heart of God. As long as our priority above that is to advance his kingdom, to promote his name, not to merely help the poor with no spiritual end in mind. Jesus continues in verse 12, in pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Another very remarkable statement that we gloss over because we know the whole story. We know how it worked out. We know what he's referring to. The people in the room who would have heard that didn't know exactly what he's referring to. What do you mean prepare you for your burial? And again, as those events unfolded in just a couple days, I wonder if any of them look back and thought, man, that's crazy. He just talked about this three days ago. And finally, verse 13, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So Jesus doesn't just predict his death by crucifixion and his burial. Jesus predicts that this story of Mary taking this expensive perfume and putting it on Jesus' head instead of having it sold and giving it to the poor, he predicts that this story will be told in memory of her wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world. And that's true because here it is in scripture. And just as the gospel and scripture have been taken to a bunch of different peoples throughout a bunch of different eras of time, here this story is in Matthew 26 verses 6 through 13. The disciples couldn't make sense of why she would spend such expensive perfume, probably worth a year's wages, in such a quote-unquote wasteful way. It was ridiculous. It was irrational. It didn't make sense. And I don't mean to advocate being ridiculous or being irrational or not making sense, but there is a certain application we could make from this, which is, what is it that you are doing in response to your love for Christ that goes beyond what some might label reasonable? We don't want to be nonsensical for the sake of being nonsensical, but if we truly are committed to Christ, the gospel, the truth of God's word, there are going to be elements of our lives, there are going to be things we do with our time or our money or the influence that God has given us that leaves people scratching their heads now and then. Do you think you've done anything like that lately? Do you think there's evidence from your life that might seem a little outlandish to some but is a genuine outgrowth of your affections for the Savior? Lord, is there anything that it would please you if we would do that might seem outlandish to the world, but that would honor you? If so, bring those things to our minds and help us to follow through on them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting christians special thanks to our 2022 daily dose sponsor the family leader god designed three social institutions to shape our lives the family the church and government at the family leader they're bringing all three together to honor god and bless our neighbors learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com that's thefamilyleader.com we also want to highlight two ministry partners first is the cedar falls bible conference whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from saturday july 30th through saturday august 6th in 2022 second if you or someone you know could benefit 
input from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.